Get some recipes. Yeah. Yes, sir. I can't believe you've done this. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that explores personal evolution through our choices and overcoming life's challenges. The Evolve community is your ultimate destination for personal growth and evolution. True to form, I'm, I get to continue to be the dumbest person in the room. That's fantastic. Thank you. Did you ever get a, uh, uh, a quantum physical uh, explanation for how to uh, bake a meatloaf from a corn star? Bake a meatloaf from a corn star? Okay, so Scott, like like you and I were talking about, we really like to start our show by asking our guests what is inspiring them right now. So is there a book? Is there music that you're listening to? Is there a person in your life? What's inspiring Scott Kelly today? You know what, guys? Uh, what's inspiring me today is um, in this in this period of time that we're all involved in in some some way, some function, I'm inspired and and um, and really moved by people's resolve. Not only individuals, but families and companies mm. and corporations, in how they're kind of reevaluating who they are, what they're up to, and how they're going to play in the world from here moving forward. Um, it's really easy right now, I think, for for a lot of us to just lay down and and kind of put up our hands. But looking at how um, Families are reevaluating their their connection together. How um, how corporations are reevaluating how people come to work, and uh, how much time they spend in the workplace, and how much time they spend at home. These are all things that I think ultimately uh, now and in the future are going to provide people far more flexibility in their life, in their lifestyle, in their connection with each other, allowing more create, creativity to come through. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think will be um, a gift uh, for all of us. So that's really what I'm what I'm inspired about, because, you know, as you all know, it's pretty easy to, to kind of get down on all of the limitations that we're we're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah, the resilience is pretty amazing to see. I think there's been a lot of challenges, uh, but it is fascinating to see what is created. In fact, um, Scott, I, I love that you brought that up. I, when this pandemic started, one of the things that I did is I went through and looked at um, what happened in history when there were other pandemics and what did people create? And it was fascinating to me, this list of beautiful art, beautiful music that was created during previous pandemics throughout our history, that those that uh, dug deep into that creative power, they've, they've, they found that light and they created some amazing things. So I love that, that uh, resilience and that's what's inspiring you. Yeah. You know, I think, I think you're absolutely right, Steve. It, you know, it's like um, if we're sitting around waiting for normal to return, it, it literally slays creativity. Yeah, and, and occupies our mind with with what we what we think we need and what we think we want, and, and in order to survive and thrive, and and ultimately, to your point, when you just kind of surrender to what's present in this moment right now, we sink into a creative space that allows art and music and connection and relationship to come out of it that that never would have 
otherwise. So I think it's a, it's in a way, it's been a great pause for, for all of us if we can take advantage of it that way. Yeah, that's great. And I know we're going to get a little bit more into that uh, as we get rolling uh, here. But with that, our evolutionary listeners, we want to welcome you to another Evolve podcast, a podcast that challenges personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges that life throws at us. Coming to you live from his very own Donald Trump fan club headquartered in Oberlin, Ohio, is W. <laughs> Miles Riley. Welcome, Miles. Let's go, Trump. <laughs> I was waiting to see how you'd respond to that one. And coming off of a win streak at the craps table in Las Vegas, Nevada, is Casey right. Mitchell. Welcome, Casey. All right, let's do it. Rolling, baby. And recording today from my mom's house, I'm Steve Cutler. Uh, our guest today is Scott Kelly. We are excited to have Scott. Scott has spent over 25 years as a health coach mentor and integrative health practitioner, reconnecting individuals to their innate health and well-being while improving performance and living with clarity. Scott's integrative approach includes nutrition and gut health, brain health, physical health, and consciousness. State of Mind Coaching is the foundation of his integrative health and well-being programs. Scott works with professional athletes, couples, families, teams, corporations, and individuals. His integrative and inside-out approach wakes up our innate capacity to live, work, perform, and play with inner vitality. Scott delivers live, virtual, and online workshops and retreats that leave people with a new and insightful understanding of their health, well-being, and living potential. And I've got to say personally, Scott is probably one of the most educated and certified guy that I know in the health and fitness realm, uh, a guy that I love having conversations with and have for uh, probably over two decades. So Scott Kelly, welcome to the Evolve podcast. Hey, thanks, guys. So, so happy to be here with you and uh, look forward to diving in and see what comes up today. Yeah, so the most pressing, hard-hitting question that I want to ask today, Scott, um, and I, you can start with a yes or no, but if it's no, I need an explanation why. Do you still have a Barbie doll strapped to the front rack of your car? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, not. I do not have, I don't actually have that car anymore, Steve, but um, I, I so appreciate I hope you don't. <laughs> I still appreciate you remember that. Oh. Yeah, that was a that was a Barbie doll that was strapped to the uh, the bike rack on top of my car for, for probably ten years or so. And um, man, the depth of her suntan uh, burned through all layers of plastic. It was amazing. <laughs> she definitely was uh, one color on one side and another color yeah. on the other side, and I think uh, missing at least a third of her hair on there. Were you showing appreciation? How did, how did she for, get there uh, for you the know, movie Vacation? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, how did she get up there? Yeah, how'd she get up there? You know, I, 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 I originally there was a, it was a Barbie and a Ken doll, and um, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to ride around. I was living in Boulder, Colorado at the time when they initially initially went up, and um, I put them up there. Just that explains uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Colorado, also. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a good answer for how they got up there, but uh, <laughs> for a long time for about ten years. Yeah, she she stayed there for a long time. Well, Scott, uh, on another note, I recall a conversation that uh, I had. Uh, you, you and I had a conversation several years back, and then 
my wife, Danielle, was there. And as Danielle and I were driving away, I, I just said, gosh, you know, I love talking to Scott. He always just blows my mind. I mean, that was so cool. And I went into in, in depth on something that we were discussing. And she, she just looked at me and her response was, uh, yeah, he must be smart because I have no idea what you guys were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always loved our conversations and you bring a great, interesting um, I would say almost non-traditional path to health and wellness that uh, seems to have worked out well for you. Uh, talk first about how did you get into the different educational realms that you've gotten into? Because you started with a bachelor's, well, I guess a couple of bachelor's degrees, but then you expanded to multiple certifications, multiple education across everything from nutrition, corrective movement, massage therapy, neuromuscular training, Talk a little bit about your educational path and, and how you went along it. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, about, geez, about 25 years or so ago, I was inspired to help athletes get back to play. And that's really what my, my, my bachelor's degree was, was in sports therapy and, and athletic training and, and physical therapy and really helping people understand how to heal, recover, and get back to what they wanted to do. But to be honest with you, Steve, and, and you and I have talked about this in the past, you know, getting into that realm, it was very, it was hyper-focused in that when I was working in a clinic, if someone came in with a knee challenge, they became uh, labeled as a knee on my schedule. And, mm -hmm. and in fact, it would just completely ignore any other part of their body. You know, this was back, you know, 25 years ago, far better now. But we would focus on whatever the challenge was, the knee, the back, the shoulder, the wrist, whatever. And to be honest with you, I was disenchanted with the outcomes. I was disenchanted with getting on the phone with insurance companies at the end of every single day and asking for more visits and, and knowing that this person ultimately wasn't going to get back to where I thought they could. Um, but I felt a little bit powerless. And in that powerlessness came kind of new thought, fresh thinking about, about the body and what, what it takes to create health and performance. And at that point, I, I really realized that, that I had been taking a really hyper-focused approach to health. And as I pulled the lens back, it made far more sense that, wow, when you feed the body correctly, when you put nutrients in a system and you put uh, the, the nutrients that the body requires in order to repair and heal itself, well, it can do a better job of healing and repairing. And that launched me into the realm of, of nutrition and really mm. started to understand that in order for the body to heal and repair and, and repair, it has to have the proper nutrients on board. And once I started down that pathway, I really started to see the evidence that when the body has what it needs, it does what it's designed to do. And then when the body is deficient in what it needs, it gets stuck. And when it gets stuck, we experience pain and discomfort and chronic illness and chronic challenges. So while playing in the world of nutrition, I realized, wow, physical therapy is so much easier and corrective exercise is so much easier when someone is well-fed and well-nourished. Mm -hmm. And so along that pathway, I then kind of ran into the next kind of speed bump. And that was that People can change behavior um, when they're on board with changing behavior, but 
and they're in a constant battle in their own mind around changing behavior, um, it makes changing diet and lifestyle very, very difficult. So I started to go down the pathway of, of trying to look at how, what is the best way to help people change behavior? And I, I worked in the realm of neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis and positive psychology and really started to recognize that when people could see that the only thing that got in the way between what they wanted and where they currently were was the depth of their relationship with their thinking, meaning the more that hmm. they believe their current level of thinking, the more that they would stay where they currently are. So it wasn't so much about teaching people new behaviors. It was far more about helping people understand that they have these limiting ideas about themselves, about life, about what they're capable of, and that those limited ideas are just things that they have invested in, that they believe in. And those ideas are literally creating a frame for their life. And as I worked in that field for a long enough period of time, I started to realize, wow, you know what? There's a deeper element even here. And that is that life isn't just about what we're thinking and how it structures our behavior, but there's a far deeper realm. And that is that, that before we have thought, there is a place where there is no thought. And from that place, we are purely um, kind of formless energy and pure potential. And when I started to recognize that that comes through in the human experience as a, a sense of presence, of peace of mind, uh, a sense of well-being. Once I started to see that more and more, I recognized that there's not a single person on the planet that doesn't already have that. And as I started to turn to that as a foundation to work from, it was far easier to work with you, far easier to work with the physiology and the physicality of somebody, and far easier to help them perform in ways, not only in their personal lives, but their professional lives that really made sense uh, in, a, in a congruent way with where they wanted to go. So it's, to answer the question, it's been an evolution of trying to solve the, the, human, the human condition, <laughs> which, yeah. which which we, we, we get, uh, we think that we're these physical beings and we get attached to that. And then we realize we're far more than that. And my hope is to help to turn people on to the fact that we're far more than that earlier in their lives. So they don't get to the time when they're on their deathbed and realize, oh man, there's much more depth to me that I wish I had known about. Is it safe to say that it sounds like your primary job before anything is to make people present? Yeah. Mm. Sounds like you operate from this point of view of let's get you present. Let's clear the garbage and then we can start to go inside and manipulate things. But you have to be present in order for this to take place. And so your job is almost like creating a whole new toolbox of tools to get people present before they can go further in and take care of the issue. Is it safe to say that? Yeah, and I think Miles, if you if you look at any if you look at anybody with a with a health challenge, relationship challenge, or or a behavioral challenge, you know much of their time is spent kind of working on this uh, on the physical aspect of their behavior, on the physical aspect or the 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 um, the the aspects of their of their work or their life that is tangible, and the reality of it is is that 
that if we're only ever working on that level, then all we're doing is just kind of manipulating things. We're just moving furniture. When in fact, available to us is a new level of, or a whole other capacity to heal and to connect and to relate. So you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's when I first sit down with somebody, I want to kind of understand where are you now and what's, what's, um, how do you make sense of the world? How do you make sense mm. of it? Yeah, yeah. And if I can, if I can start to understand how they're making sense of the world and how they make sense of life, then we have a, a platform from, from where to work from. We can start to work kind of further upstream, kind of toward the source of their, you know, uh, internal intelligence, rather than kind of getting hyper focused on the behavior that they don't want or the the symptoms that they don't want. We're really looking to shift first so that we can kind of go from hardened Play-Doh into really pliable Play-Doh. <laughs> and and, and you know, pliable Play-Doh is way more fun to play with. But often <laughs> I'm thinking that, that this dried out Play-Doh of life is all we've got to work with. But that's just, yeah. that's just a, it's, a, it's an internal lie is really what it is. What is fascinating to, to, for me in particular, to have watched your career and you were starting to tap into some of the mental practices and the uh, deeper spiritual internal piece uh, when, when we would talk over the years. But I, I want to make it clear for our listeners, too, that you've got, uh, I'm looking at the, your bio here, you've got a BS in sports therapy, a BS in education, You've, you're a uh, certified board certified athletic trainer, which um, uh, that that's an extremely heavily biomechanical scientific certification that you have to have a bachelor's degree to even sit for the test for that. Right. Um, you've been through the certified strength and conditioning specialist through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. That CSCS certification is another one that you have to have a BS uh, first to sit for that test. In addition to all of these other certifications, and yet through your history and your experience, here you are saying, hey, I've, I've looked at the body. I've seen problems with the body. I've figured out that there's some nutritional pieces to it. I figured out that there's some mental pieces. Oh, wait, we're going down the rabbit hole and we are going deep because some of this stuff just goes deeper. And so your knee problem might not just be a knee problem. It might be something that is attached uh, into some sort of spiritual realm or something that's a little bit further along. And so you didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to start the Church of Scott and I want everybody to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> you went through this very deeply scientific process, and along the way, you figured that uh, hey, there's there's some deeper things that we've got to we've got to address. So, talk about Scott today. If somebody comes to you and they've got some sort of injury, they've got some pain, how has your process changed today versus what it was, let's say, 25 years ago when you were starting out in a clinic? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a great question, Steve. You know, it, 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 when someone came to me 25 years ago and say they had, um, say they had a low back problem, um, we would look at. I would look at that strictly as a mechanical presentation. I would look at their mm -hmm. mechanics. I would look at the structure, uh, the the alignment of their pelvis, the alignment of their back, their mechanics of how they walk and move, 
And then we would look at what's short and tight in their body, what's long in their body. And then we would address those, the long and weak muscles. We'd look to strengthen the short and tight ones. We'd look to lengthen. Um, and, and that's really kind of how we, how I, how I looked at it 25 years ago. So short and tight, that's me. Long and weak is miles, right? Miles. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Go> Trump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> so, the, the way that's changed now is I really want to understand, you know, if you've got a, a low back challenge, how long has it been going on? Uh, is this a chronic thing? Is this a recurring thing? Uh, or is it an acute, acute thing where you were in some sort of accident? When we're looking at things that are more chronically, chronic-y, we, we start to look at, well, how much inflammation is in the body? And yeah. in this day and age, uh, inflammation is ever-present in everybody. It's, it's a huge challenge for all of us. Yeah. And then, when we look at the, the inflammation level, we also wanna, I also want to understand how are you digesting food? Because what I know now so clearly is that our capacity and our, our, our capacity to stabilize the spine and our mechanics in and around the body are so heavily dependent on the health and well-being of our digestive system. If that digestive system is inflamed and we have poor nutrition and, and poor digestion going on, our capacity to stabilize in and around the hub of our body is, is going to be severely compromised. But, but, but in addition to that, we want to start to look at, well, what are stress levels like? You know, what, what is stressful? And instead of just telling somebody, you know, you got to cut back on your stretch, stre- stress, which is probably the most annoying comment than anybody can ever hear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or your stress, right? It, if, if I start to get curious about what their stress levels are, where it's coming from, what, what kind of is creating their stress, what I get a sense of is how they see the world. So I'll give you an example. If someone says to me that, you know, work is really stressful, my relationships are really stressful, my finances are really stressful, what I start to get an, an understanding about is that they see life as outside in, meaning that as long as their work is stressful, they will be stressed. As long as their relationship is stressful, they'll be stressed. As long as their finances are stressful, they'll be stressed. Instead of truly understanding that those things don't have the capacity to create stress on us. It's our thinking about those things that actually generates the internal stress that we experience. Mm-hmm. Until somebody actually sees that understanding from a deep level, we'll continue to try and manipulate and change all these things out in the world. Now, the reason that's so important when it comes to, to pain and, and back challenges or any health challenge is that whatever we're stressed, it creates more inflammation in the body. It creates a physiology that is very hyper and busy. And our capacity to heal from a stressed out inflamed state is severely limited. So pulling the lens back from there, all we're trying to understand is what are all the ways that this person is innocently in the way of their healing? And what are all the ways that we can help them step out of the way so that their body can do what it's designed to do. So it might be work around nutrition, might be work around understanding the role of state of mind when it comes to uh, life as a human being or uh, around their own healing capacity. And then in addition to that, from that platform of, of decreasing inflammation, we see much more flexibility in the body. 
we see much more stability come about in the body. And now we can actually start to integrate some of the movement patterns and some of the corrective exercise that's required for someone to truly get back to the way that they wanna live their life. So it's really an integrative approach that, that looks at the mechanics of things, the biology of things, the physics of things, and the spirituality of things so that we can truly honor the wholeness of who we are and, and step out of the way where we are in the way and let our body do what it's designed to do. Yeah, and, and it's almost like when we allow ourselves to get that stressed, our bucket, uh, you know, we've got a bucket that can only hold so much stress, right? Even exercise is stress. And so if we say, well, that's my stress release, well, it might not be. That might be the thing that is creating more stress on the body. And if you don't have enough room in the bucket for that, that can be the thing that, that flips you over. I love, I want to go back to what you were talking about relative to gut health and uh, stability of the core, and then also how that affects the, the lower back. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that, because I know that with, this is something that we've talked about multiple times throughout the years, but tell our listeners how, if somebody doesn't have appropriate gut health, how does that affect the core of the body and how can that then relate to someone's low back pain? Yeah. So when somebody um, has challenges in their digestive system, inflammation, uh, bloating, gas, constipation, they're creating distension in their, right in their core. They're literally creating uh, enough distension in and around their core muscles so that they can't activate and properly stabilize the spine. And so if someone, you know, it's so common to hear people, they have one bowel movement a week, you know, which just blows my mind because the amount wow. of toxicity. You, you hear people say that, that, that is a common week. thing. That is a, that is I've a, heard that actually too. Wow. Oh my That's gosh. Crazy. That's shocking to me. Well, yeah. okay. Sorry. Shocking, Steve, is when people realize when these same people realize that, you know, you know, two to three bowel movements a day is really pretty normal. Yeah. And, and so when, when, when we take into consideration the toxicity that's building up, the inflammation that's building up, but also the distension that's going on in the yeah, body. They're literally full of shit. That's amazing. Full of crap. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so so when we can't stabilize, we can't use those core muscles for stabilization, then the body has to begin to compensate. And the body compensates through a couple of different ways. One way is to start to recruit muscles that are designed for prime, for, for prime movement patterns. So there are these large muscles that when they're activated, they actually create compression versus mm -hmm. stabilizer muscles, which actually don't create compression. They just create stabilization so that when the larger muscles are activated, they, the body can be stable while the prime movers do their job. But we get that mixed up when we're full of inflammation, distension, and problems with digestion. So anybody with a back challenge, the first place you gotta look is, how's the gut health? But, yeah. because, but because gut health relies on the quality of food and our nutrition so deeply, and because there is a deep connection between our brain and our gut, in our gut, in our brain, if we don't look at somebody's overall mental well-being, the chances of us getting a deep healing on that gut and that digestive system is going to be significantly limited. So do you put people on a, on a pathway? Let's say somebody comes to you, they've got some back pain, 
And and I love how you explain that. You know, I would want to go like super detailed and say, well, hey, if somebody's got some inflammation, it's pressing against the multifidus, the multifidus shuts down. They don't have this segmental spinal stabilization. So then you've got the quadratus lumborum, which is a larger muscle that's going to compress and push down. And oh, all of a sudden they're in this pain, hey, right? You lost me, Steve. So you lost you're me. welcome. <laughs> but if if somebody comes to you, they've got this pain, and you find out through a dietary analysis that they don't have uh, proper nutrition, that they've got some gut issue, they've got bloating, they've got gas, maybe they've got some some inflammation through there. Do you put them on a plan to help to heal that nutritionally and start to work on the mental aspect, or how how do you go about doing that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, there's no, there's no specific protocol. It's really meeting that person where they are and, and giving them what they need. So for example, if, if somebody is, is really inflamed, uh, but they're not really quite ready to have that conversation around their mental health and well-being, then what we do is we have to begin where they are. And what may make the most sense to them is working on nutrition. And so hydration is the first key component. Got to hydrate that body. Most people are walking around desperately dehydrated. So we hydrate that system. And then we start to look at nutrient density, not caloric density, which is mo what most people are focused on today, but nutrient density, eating foods that are close to nature, nuts and seeds, leafy greens, vegetables, fruits, those kinds of things that are just power packed with nutrients. And then if they're going to eat proteins, the highest quality proteins eat you know, provided by an animal who's lived a natural life. Mm. And if we can do that, that inflammation literally uh, gets drained from the body because the body doesn't want to be inflamed. It's, it's right. working to get rid of that inflammation in all the ways that it can. But until we stop putting gasoline on that fire through nutrition, it can't do it. So that's oftentimes the first place to start. And what's also remarkable about that, guys, is that when the inflammation goes down in the body, people's mental well-being goes up yeah. because of the connection between our gut health and our mental well-being. When inflammation goes down, mental well-being goes up, and now we can start to have deeper uh, conversations about, um, about who they truly are beyond all of their thinking. Yeah, I've read, Scott, that uh, in our gut, that's where our second brain essentially yeah. sits, right? We, yeah. we, get, we call it a gut feel, but it, but it truly is a very quick response and reaction. And so as you're healing the gut, talk a little bit more about that. What are some of the mental changes that you see people go through uh, just through some of the gut healing that you've done? Well, you know, so, so when, we, when the gut's inflamed, you know, the people have oftentimes heard or talked about the gut brain connection. The reality of it is it's a two way street. It's a gut brain connection, brain gut. Connection. When we get overwhelmed with mental stress, we feel it in our gut. And to your point, Steve, that's kind of that gut feeling that we yeah. have that's activating that enteric nervous system. Right now, the opposite is also true. When we feel, uh, when we have stress and inflammation in our digestive system, that inflammation will actually flow northward into our brain. And when we have, uh, when we have systemic inflammation, we activate the part of our brain that is hyper-focused on safety and security. 
Mm. We're walking around with being bombarded by thinking every day that is of the flavor of safety and security. It's really hard not to find things that are just chronic threats to our overall sense of safety, security, and well-being, and especially today. And so when, we, when our brain is, is activated to look for things that are threats to safety, security, we start to find evidence of them in the world. And then all of a sudden we think that the world is attacking us. And so when we can decrease inflammation systemically, get nutrient density back in this body, get someone's bowels moving, that inflammation moves out, the brain begins to calm down. And now we can have scary thinking without believing the scary thinking. Yeah, you're almost touching on uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where if we're sitting constantly in this fearful state, we're never going to get beyond safety and security, let alone get to the top of the peak where, you know, you're looking at self-actualization. And so if I'm hearing you right, the uh, as, as we link this into the mental aspect and, and our growth and development and evolution as a human being, if we don't have great gut health on a consistent basis, we're truly limiting our ability to get beyond safety security, which means we're truly limiting our personal evolution. Is that right? Right. And, and what's, what's kind of ironic about it is that the more these days, in these modern times, the more we see life as a threat, we, we then kind of activate our coping mechanisms. And oftentimes we use food and substance for coping mechanisms. Yeah. And so now we're kind of looking for sugar, we're looking for nicotine, we're looking for alcohol, we're looking for caffeine, we're looking for something to help us cope through a stressful moment. And that creates more inflammation. So we all, now, all of a sudden now we're just stuck in a cycle. So we can't evolve out of that as long as we're overburdened by inflammation, unless we have a deep spiritual uh, um, insightful experience where we can see beyond all of that in that moment of time. The right physical above. come to Jesus moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, so let's talk fear. I think that for the last uh, year, year and a half, the world and especially America uh, has lived in a state of fear. We've had this uh, thing called COVID going around and we have been fed consistent messages of fear that we should be afraid to go outside. We should be afraid to interact with other people. We should be afraid of this virus that can it, can you get it from touching a surface? Oh, wait, no, you can't, but you should still should wear gloves and constantly put that goo on your hands. And like we have been fed through a fire hose of fear. What are some of the things, Scott, that you're noticing when you're coaching people now after they've been through a year, a year and a half of being constantly fed a diet of fear? I'm noticing people's, um, I'm noticing a lot of depression. I'm noticing a lot of, of gripped thinking, um, really kind of, um, you know, just really fear-based thinking about what the, about what life holds for them. I've mm -hmm. noticed a lot of relationship challenges. You know, one of the things that's really quite clear is when we are stuck in a fight or flight pattern, it's very difficult to connect with the people around us because all mm -hmm. we're doing is we're trying to protect ourselves. 
And so I, I just, I start, I've started to see not only that, but also just higher levels of chronic pain and chronic discomfort in, in, in their own bodies. And, you know, to some degree for some people, they've gotten to a point where they recognize that this isn't who they are, that they, they don't feel like themselves is the way, the way they put it. And, and oftentimes this is kind of them saying, um, I need to wake up to a different reality. I need not believe all the things that I'm hearing. I need to look deeper into what are viruses? What, what does it mm. create health? What is, uh, what is on offer when it comes to lifestyle management? But, but what I'm really seeing uh, a lot of is people who have kind of come to the end of the rope in a way, and it's coming through mentally, emotionally, it's coming through in their relationships, it's coming through in their capacity to, to think in a creative, responsive way to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's coming through as an overall sense of well-being and vitality um, that is just kind of elusive or, or lacking in their lives. That's what I'm seeing after a year of, of, uh, of fear-based living in isolation. So let's let's talk about the fear and some of the recommendations that had been out there. I, I, as you and I spoke recently, um, I, I was blown away when I started seeing some of the recommendations coming out and what people were saying to, to do to remain, quote unquote, healthy and safe. Uh, number one, stay inside and stay, you know, uh, protected. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Stay inside. The best thing you can do is to get sunshine and vitamin D to boost up your immune system. Mind-blowing to me, um, some of these recommendations and how extreme we went. I say we, I'm being very nice. How extreme some of these assholes went in telling people what health is where it's not health. So let's let's dive into that. You're, you're talking about that now you're seeing people starting to come to a breaking point or they're starting to wake up and realize that they need to make some changes. Uh, in order for, to get their overall health. But I want to be clear with our listeners, what does that look like? What are some of the recommendations that you're having to give people to break habits that have been built from this fear of what's gone on over the last year? Well, the first thing, Steve, is helping people understand where we've been misguided and misled. You know, I think the first, okay. first thing is when you consider that that, uh, that the vast majority of our immune system, our immune system is really everything in our body. Every system, every part of our experience, human experience is part of the immune system. Even our psychological immune system is part of the immune system, right? Yeah, huge resilience to it, yeah. Right. And when we consider that, that as far as our physical immune system, 75% of that is really kind of housed in the gut and, and is dependent on the microbiome, the bacteria that is housed primarily in the gut. When we consider that, and, and when you take somebody and you quarantine them or isolate them indoors, over time, that, that microbiome becomes less diverse. That microbiome mm-hmm. becomes less resilient when we don't have access to outside, to the, to the fresh air, to sunlight, um, <clears throat> to dirt, to the things that actually help us connect with nature and build that microbiome. So when people begin to understand that, 
the transmission of this virus primarily happens indoors and that the place that you should spend most of your time is actually outdoors. Not only are you getting more vitamin D, you're getting fresh air, you're getting your feet and your hands in the dirt, and you're actually helping to build a, a very robust uh, immune system. So the first thing is to help them understand where we've been misguided. We were told to get locked away when that's the very thing that's actually gonna weaken the system versus getting right. outside and living with nature. That's the first thing. Well, I mean, think about that for just a second. I want to pause before we go to the next thing. We were told to stay inside. And let's say that a person, when we talk about their stress bucket and their overall health is getting close to a tipping point where they're going to be overfilled and overflowing soon. Then we put them inside and we say, okay, we're going to isolate you. We're going to stick you inside. So you're not going to be out. You're not going to be picking up uh, external things that will help to build your microbiome. We are now putting somebody into a state where we're compromising their immune system by doing that recommendation That's above exactly. all else. Yep. So yep. to me, it's unethical and was absolutely ridiculous when we started telling people, hey, you might be moderately healthy, but oh, go, go stay inside. Don't go outside. Yeah. Now we're going to weaken your immune system more so that if you do get something, it's going to be worse. And yeah. okay. never mind the fact that they're that they're living indoors, probably with, with other with other housemates or family members. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're also kind of having a weakened system. And so all of a sudden now things are passed amongst them instead of having a, a robust, vibrant immune system that can actually handle the exchange of this virus. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's fascinating. So that's really the first thing is helping people understand that outdoors is your friend and outdoors is going to help you build, rebuild and protect you from uh, environmental and viral loads and stresses. That's the first thing. Okay. What's the second thing? What's the next thing that you've got to work, walk people through breaking this habit that they've had for this, all the stress that we've been through? Yeah. Well, the second thing is Steve is, I mean, I think we all noticed when, as soon as, as soon as lockdown happened, everybody ran to the grocery stores to fill their, their cupboards. And the thing that blew my mind was that the, the, the shelves were absolutely bare naked, but there was plenty of produce. There were plenty yeah. of leaves, plenty of nuts and seeds, right? Oh. There were plenty of fresh foods to be had, but everything yeah. on the shelves was gone. So basically people were locked in at home chowing down on all of this highly processed, highly sugared, highly sodium foods that are completely disrupting their overall uh, immune system, but also increasing inflammation throughout the body, making them less resilient to the world. And yeah. so the second thing that we want to do is make sure that we get foods that are close to nature, make it greens, vegetables, nuts and seeds, high quality meats and protein, uh, fruits, if you're going to eat fruits, we want to get those things back in the system so that we can help rebuild this microbiome. We can help uh, the body detoxify from this high level of inf inflammation and get this body back to its rightful place, which is a highly resilient machine designed to integrate and work with viruses on the planet. 
So that's yeah, exactly I love it. that. Can I just Go say this is interesting? This is really interesting to me because sometimes when I hear people speaking and the language that's being used, it almost sounds as if before this pandemic or whatever you want to call it hit, we were these bastions of health. And I, I you know, the pandemic, all it really did is accelerate or exacerbate what people had normally done. People don't yeah. speak, people will go outside just because they can go outside without any knowledge of this is really healthy. I mean, how many people go out and slather on all of the skin block mm-hmm. to block the, you know, the sun most wonderful effects? So it's just really, I mean, I would like you to comment on that because it really just sounds like, you know, before this, we were these great bastions of health. And I don't think that was true at all. You're so right, Miles. You know, I, I love that you point that out because it, the, the reality of it is, you know, I oftentimes think about this last year was the great accelerator. And what I mean by that, it, it kind of accelerated everything by say five years. And, and so if you were unhealthy going into this thing, you've just accelerated your, de- your descent in health by five years. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the people, you know, you're absolutely right. If you take somebody who's already ha- has unhealthy habits around lifestyle, and then you tell them to go indoors where their only bit of inter- entertainment is being online or watching the TV screen, all of a sudden they're, they're, they're lacking exercise, they're lacking sunlight, they're increasing inflammation through processed foods but it's nothing different than what they were doing. They've just, ex- they've just kind of accelerated that in a way. Right. right. So, so yeah, I mean, and I think too, I mean, it's really clear. It's very, very clear, you know, here we are a year into this and you know, more than a year and we, and we can see who clearly is most vulnerable. And yeah. individuals who are most vulnerable to the virus are people who have inflammatory challenges heart disease, diabetes, obesity, all of these things are, are, um, are kind of, they're really inflammatory challenges in the body that have gone without check for a long period of time. And so we're, we've almost set ourselves up for, for a grand disaster. Take a health, an unhealthy population, force them to go indoors for a year, if they're going to go outdoors, they have to rebreathe their own oxygen over and over and over again. And when yeah. they're indoors, have them eat the most highly processed shelf-stable foods that they can possibly find while they're bored to death looking at a screen. There's no way we, we, there, there's no way that humans can thrive in this manner. There's yeah. no way. And the fact It's really that- interesting you said that uh, the, the produce, I remember early on going into Walmart and going in, and I eat really well. And I was at the section of produce, and I just kept thinking, "It's all mine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. It was funny. You couldn't, you couldn't find uh, food on the shelves, and you couldn't find toilet paper. And I remember thinking the same thing: that I, I, okay, <laughs> I'm going to eat all the produce. And then I went online and I ordered on Amazon a bidet because I thought, well, if I run out of toilet paper, at least I can use that. But you know, there's <laughs> alternatives. So, Scott, I, I love what you're saying here. And I think to Miles' point, we were not a healthy society. And I, I love the fact that you're talking about that this is 
we've pushed things about five years into the future. All of these unhealthy habits, we have condensed them down and we have said, okay, now the, the, the Pied Piper is here and the, and the payment is due. All of your habits have now been condensed down into one year of unhealthy living and you're going to see all of the negative effects from that. And one of the stats that I read, and I can't remember it's 27 or 37, but I remember there's a seven in there, 27 or 37 pounds is the average amount of weight that the American gained during lockdown. And so the way I looked at that is I thought to myself, that that's scary to me. After spending two decades in health and fitness and knowing that the, the general way people handle this, is if they gain weight, is they go through some sort of yo-yo dieting process. And so yo-yo dieting, you know, if you're 27 pounds overweight now, we can project that five years from now, you're probably going to be 50 pounds overweight because you won't know what to do. You won't take care of your body. You'll do it in an unhealthy way. And so you're going to be 50 pounds down the road. Now we've exacerbated the problem. Three of the top four comorbidities that are killing people are hypokinetic diseases. And now we're doubling down and killing people quicker with all of these other hypokinetic diseases. We're putting millions of dollars out there telling people to wear a mask. And yet we're not doing one red cent to tell people how to live healthy. I think it's unethical and I think it's ridiculous. So what I want to do is hear from you, aside from what you've talked about of step one, step two, get outside, start putting some nutrients into the body. What are some other things that people who have gained weight and have become more inflamed during this pandemic, what's something else? What's the next step for somebody to do? Well, I think, I think they first have to get out of the echo chambers of their mind. You know, the mm. biggest challenge is they've got this, this, this chattery brain that's telling them that they should be afraid. And then they listen to the media that tells them to be afraid. You know, I think one of the first things that people can do is... You have to, we have to learn and respect that there is an intelligence in the body that is designed in every single one of us. Yeah. There is an intelligence that understands deeply how to create and generate health and vitality from inside out. And unless we connect with that part of us, we will become a slave to our busy, chattery brain that tells us that we're no good, that we're not worthwhile, that, we're, uh, that we should be ashamed and feel guilty for what we've done to ourselves over the last year, whatever it might be. So it's, it's pausing for a moment and just simply becoming aware of the fact that even in the face of a body gaining 10, 15, 25, 35 pounds, whatever, that it still has your back. It's mm. still doing its very best to keep you alive. There is a vitality deeper than your skin that is working on your behalf that has your back. To recognize that, that if that is true, then that same part of us can help redirect us back into the slipstream of health and well-being. It can redirect us back into getting in line with how our body's designed. It's designed to thrive. It's designed to move. It's designed to relate and to connect and to be filled with joy and express joy and creativity. That's what the body's designed for. But if we rely on what our body looks like, the weight that we've gained, the pain that we feel for evidence 
for who we are, we will stay stuck in that pattern of overeating, of inflammation, mm -hmm. and lack of movement. We have to get out of the echo chambers of our brain and look deeper into who we truly are. And that's that piece of presence. Because when we can look into that direction, we can see that new thought comes about. New, think new thinking, new ideas, insight comes about. And, and now we get a fresh new perspective on something that can allow us to take one half step into the world in a different direction than where we've been going for the past 12, 14 months. And that's wow. all one half step, and then to listen and take the next step, and then to listen and take the next. That's what progress and that's what transformation is all about. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I love how you said that the body is doing its best to keep you healthy and keep you alive. Is that right? Is that the way that you said it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's beautiful. And, and you're right. I mean, what you're talking about is something that we've talked about before when it comes to 360 degree thinking. You need to have hindsight to see what happened. You've got to have foresight to be able to project where you want to go. But you're also tapping really deep into this concept of insight that if you don't develop this ability to listen to what the body's telling you the right steps are for you, that uh, you're going to have a really difficult time making the changes that your body needs. So Scott, how do, how do people start to develop this insight into what does the body need? You know, cause most people, if they're sitting on the couch today and they're listening to this, um, they're going to say, well, I think what my body needs is another bag of chips. <laughs> yeah. My body needs another bag of chips and a nap. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're absolutely right. That That's the echo chambers of our mind. You know, the first thing to, to get suspicious about is if we're hearing a story over and over again, it's probably the bullshit of our brain. Okay. And, you know, when we have insight, it's not coming from our brain. It's coming from a much deeper source within us. And when we have insight, it comes with a feeling of, of, uh, of almost like it comes with a feeling of action, of wanting to take uh, responsibility with a feeling of kind of taking a step into the world from a place of clarity. That's how mm. we, so when we can just simply acknowledge, just simply get curious about what is it that's making my heart beat? What is it that's allowing my body to digest? What is it that's mm. allowing my immune system to function the way it is? It's something deeper than the actual system itself. And if we can just recognize that there's something deeper there and hold our presence there, we can leave ourselves open to new fresh thinking around our own health and well-being. Now, that's the first part. The second part, Steve, is, is learning to trust insight. What I see mm. over people, and I think, you know, we, we, all of us here could probably relate, is we have a new fresh thought, a new perspective, uh, an insightful thought about something. And then we check it with our insecure thinking to see if it's okay. <laughs> that is a great definition. I love that, or a great explanation. We check it with our insecure thinking. It's like looking at the guy in the corner, like, hey, hey, you that uh, has no confidence, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, it's a good idea, huh? 
<laughs> we, we take the part of us that understands transform transformation. We take the part of us that that is that is fearless around change. We take the part of us that really truly understands what it what it what it means to live from vitality in the world. We take that information from that source and we check it with the part of us that doesn't want to change, that mm. wants to stay fearful, that wants to stay insecure, and wants to stay on the couch with a bag of chips. Now, if we're doing all of our checks and balances with the most insecure part of ourselves, we're never going to get anywhere. And so what I encourage people to do is just, you know, your brain is going to be a noisy place. That's the way it's designed. And you don't have to create a quiet mind. You just have to know that you have a deeper part of you that is insightful. And when you learn to listen to it, your brain can be as busy as it wants, but you're actually taking your directives from a much deeper source from within. And once you rebuild that trust and rapport with that part of yourself, your brain can be as busy as it wants, yeah. but it doesn't matter because we're operating from a different level of understanding and consciousness. Yeah, it's, it, it, it can be a busy trading floor, a lot of people yelling and screaming, but whoever's in charge, there's got to be one person in charge. And that, that one person, that deeper intuitive part of ourselves is the one that we've got to listen to. That's right. Yeah, beautiful. Ever present, Steve. It's, it, it's, it's, ever, it's unconditional. It's, it's, not like, it's not like it plays favorites with you. You know, you've, done a, you've been a good boy today. And I'm going to reward you with an insight. It's mm. always there unconditionally. Whereas when it comes to our brain, our brain only throws us a happy thought every once in a while. Mm. But our deeper awareness and our deeper insightful creative source is constantly throwing us well-being in the face of chaos. It's constantly throwing us clarity in the face of chaos. And so if we can learn to to connect at a deeper level, we can more gracefully navigate chaotic times from a place of well-being. Are we talking about, I mean, because it sounds like you really kind of sort of are advocating for deep structural changes in the way we operate as a society, because, you know, I, I keep thinking of all the things that I look at, you know, you look at the news or if I look at a television program, there's nothing in these venues that say this stuff. You know, you look at a sporting event. I'm sitting there watching a basketball game or a football game, and they're telling me that this is the beer I should be drinking. Have these chips. Go out and do this. <laughs> and I'm listening to you, and I'm literally blown away because my brain is saying, how do you convey this to average Americans? I mean, this is a very specific type of knowledge you have. And very few people have this specific type of knowledge. Where, how, did the, how does the average Joe get this stuff? Yeah. That sounds like deep structural changes in, in just the way we live as a society. Yeah, Miles, you know, I, the thing that I think is so beautiful about what I'm pointing to is that it's not specific to, to me. It's not specific to any one person, person but it's yeah. literally the vitality that's behind all of life. And, and there isn't a single element on the planet that does not have this. It's just where we put our attention. Yeah. Now, to your point, 
our attention is grabbed significantly moment to moment. It's grabbed by the media. It's grabbed by the screen. It's grabbed by, by things where um, we can, you know, use to distract ourselves from the chattery brain. So we, we turn on YouTube or whatever we're turning on. And so we're constantly distracting ourselves instead of understanding, you know what, let me get curious about how is it that my body understands how to fight off disease? Yeah. How is it that my body understands that with all of the bacteria and the virus that I'm exposed to on a daily basis, how is it that my body understands how to navigate that mess? There must be something deeper inside. Mm. If I can just start to get curious at that level, I'll start to kind of be led down the pathway into a quieter place in my body, into my heart, where now I can operate from a more powerful place rather than a reactive place. You know, the media teaches us to be reactive. Um, you know, a lot of our relationships are encouraging reactivity. But mm. just because that's where we're encouraged doesn't mean that that's the only way. That's just our habit of engagement. And if we can just simply recognize that there is something deeper and get curious about that and have someone yeah. kind of point in that direction, you'll see the evidence for yourself in your own life. And that's how, and that's how, you know, I oftentimes say, you know, in a, in a world right now where we are so severely divided on every single level, whether it's politics or race or religion or whatever, I constantly say that there is no way we will come together from a place of, of division. We will come, we, we, unless we see what is common amongst all of us, we will weaponize our differences. Mm. And, and in, until we recognize that beyond our skin color, beyond our religious ideas and belief, beyond our lifestyle and, and, and what we're up to, there is a deeper part of the human being, a much deeper part of the human being that is common amongst all of us. And if we can meet on that common ground, beyond our thinking, beyond our beliefs, beyond our ideas, then we can respect the different ideas that we all have because we're coming from a common place. And until we do that, we will suffer in division. And what's fascinating is that we are seeing that right now. We're seeing that we think the solution is, is division, 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 which then comes back around to where we're, we've been talking. It stresses people out. It puts them under stress. Yeah fear. It lowers their immune system. It makes them more reactive. It divides their close relationships and it destroys their level of creativity and increases reactivity. And if we want to break that, we have to look at life from a spiritual point of view. And mm. from there, we'll see a transformation in our health, our well-being, our relationship, our relationship with virus and nature. It'll all come to pass that we will understand that we are nature, that we are consciousness, and that we have the capacity to work with this world for, in a graceful way, rather than a violent, reactive way in which we're dealing that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful perspective. And I think it's, uh, you, you um, if I'm hearing you right, it's almost like that there is this spiritual solution to all of these problems that if we, yeah. as the old saying goes, you can pick up 
uh, if you pick up one end of the stick, you're picking up the other. And the right yeah. end of the stick to pick it up from is the spiritual side. And we can start to fix a lot of our problems by going deeper onto this, which is uh, fascinating. Yeah, Scott yeah. Kelly for president. <laughs> <laughs> you're changing from Trump already? Come on now. <laughs> oh, that was that was easy. That was there easy. You go. <laughs> Well, Scott, I know we could go on and on and on and on, as you and I have done many, many times before, but uh, we are coming up on our time here. So I want to thank you for coming on and uh, being a, a, a guest today. And on that note, it is time uh, to wrap up another Evolve podcast. We want to thank Scott Kelly uh, for jumping on and uh, imparting some great wisdom to us. Uh, I want to thank my co-host, uh, go, Mr. Trump, uh, Miles, and uh, Craps Table <laughs> KC in Las Vegas. Uh, I think we've had a great conversation today, and we hope that you, our evolutionary listeners, took something with you that will help you in your personal evolution. So, Scott, you've given us a lot of great information. We'd love to have you come back on in, a, in another uh, episode and go deeper on some of these other concepts. But in the meantime, oh, yeah. how can people get a hold of you if they want to get involved in all of the great things that uh, that you're doing. Yeah, the easiest, easiest way to do that, Steve, is just scottkellycoaching.com. And uh, you can go there and, and uh, you know, enjoy yourself and find out more about uh, what I'm up to. But, but most importantly, I hope, uh, I hope what we've shared today is, is insightful and impactful and, uh, and helps well, you very much with, uh, with the deeper part of you. Yeah. Very much. Yeah, really appreciate it. And I, you know, it was great to talk to you the other day as we were prepping to have you come on, uh, because it didn't dawn on me until our conversation that you actually came on my radio show um, about a, you know, 15 years ago, uh, on an episode back then. And when I uh, moved away from Utah and had to give up the show, ever since then I've been thinking I need another show, and that's kind of where this idea of the podcast. So, thank you once again for joining uh, for joining me on another episode. <laughs> Let's get you back on so it's not 15 years apart this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a pleasure hanging out with you all, and uh, all the best. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah great, great you. to have you thank on. Thank you. Great to have and, you. And uh, yeah, KC, how do people stay connected with us at Evolve? Come join us on the journey. And what we've learned today is it's it's got to we've got to have a spiritual journey, which is awesome. Everyone has a story. Uh, come share with us as we learn, grow, and evolve together. Join us at evolve-cast.com, where you can join our Evolve Tribe on Facebook, also at uh, in it, at Instagram at evolve underscore cast. Come evolve with us. I love it. Thank you. And Miles, uh, in your black and white American flag that you've got going on today and your Evolve mug, how do people look as amazing at you on the regular? Well, you can look amazing as myself or you can drink amazing things. Let me tell you something about this mug. This mug has very special properties. Whatever you put into it, whatever you put into the Evolve mug gets better. You got bad coffee, put it in a mug the mug gets better. You got bad water, <laughs> put the water in here, it gets better. This is a magical mug. Jump on, over magic to the, mug. Um, jump on over to the website, go into the shop, pick yourself up a mug and make all your drinking way much better. I love it. Way much better. And we are renaming way our mug better, the dude. magical mystery <laughs> of the mug. <laughs> we'll take you to a new level. 
Take yes. you to a new level. <laughs> That's great. So thanks for listening to another episode of the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that challenges personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges that life throws at us. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Evolve Podcast. Join us next week as we talk to mother, wife, coach, and IFBB professional Valerie Lusvardi. That's next week on the Evolve Podcast.